God, I ask that you would show us your grace and bless us. Bless us by letting us get a glimpse of you this morning. Just getting to experience you in one way or another, Lord. Bless us by, by healing us of our sin. And maybe even healing some of us physically. That just we would see your power at work this morning, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. This morning's going to be a little bit different um, as far as our service goes. I know I say that a lot. Um, but, but one of the things I, I want to change in my life this year, one of the things I'm committed to changing, I don't know if you thought that through for 2010, if you in your mind go, here's some things I, I just got to change. Um, for me, one of those things is I talk too much. I just do. And I try to fix everything and fix everyone. And sometimes I try to play the Holy Spirit by talking someone into something rather than really believing in the power of prayer. And really believing that, that there's nothing I'm going to do that will talk someone into following God or, or, or walk away from their sin and fall in love with Him, but to believe more in the supernatural. One of the things I'm convicted about is just believing more like the Bible says there's actual power in the words. Not my words, but the words of Scripture and to let the Scripture speak for themselves. And uh, this week I've just been doing that more, is, is spending less time preparing my sermon and spending more time praying for you. I've been praying that, that some of you that have been coming here and you've been hearing things over and over and over and you've never really made that decision. There's something you're still holding on to and you're, you're kind of like questioning, is, is God worth it? I'm, I'm praying that he'll just open your eyes. Some of you are going, well, I don't know if I believe this whole return of Christ to judge thing. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and talk you through it all. I'm just praying that for some reason you'd believe and you would just know because when Jesus left the earth, he says that he was going to send his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That somehow we would know by the power of the Holy Spirit that there was going to be a day of judgment. That somehow he would reveal to us that there is sin in our lives, like that's his job. And, and I've just been praying more and, and I'm expecting 2010 to be really different in my life and, uh, and in the life of our church, consequently. Uh, because I want us to be a people of prayer. I, I want you guys who are doing real well in your walk with the Lord, I want you coming in here praying for others. I want you, as I'm talking and maybe talking about something you already know, just tuning me out and praying for other people. I, 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 to be honest with you, I was a little discouraged, but it, was, it, it really reflects on, on my leadership. Um, but but uh, when we had that big outdoor thing out there at Royal, it was so cool. I mean, thousands of people showing up. We had that amazing service. And I sent an email out saying, hey, would you guys come early? Just come an hour early and pray with me. And uh, so we had thousands of people come to service, and we had about eight people show up for prayer. And I thought, wow, do we believe that 
Nothing really happens unless we pray. Or do we have this confidence of, no, if you sing the right songs, you have the right soloist, and you put the sermon together just right, people's lives are going to change? Or doesn't it take something more? And isn't it supernatural? And in your life, was it a great service that turned your life around? Or was it just something that God did that opened your eyes through someone? or something, or whatever he used. It was just the craziest of circumstances. And so I want to I pray for that, and I want to be a man of prayer this year, deeper prayer, expecting more out of my prayers, expecting more from God. And so here's uh, what we're going to do. Again, we're, we're finishing up Second Peter today, and, and uh, as we talk about the, 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 the return of Christ which I, I just got to say, I, it's been so good for me to focus on it. It seems like everything I do, I'm thinking about the return of Christ now, or it's just on the forefront of my mind. Um, I, I, uh, over Christmas break, I taught my uh, second daughter, Mercy, a 10-year-old. I taught her how to play Monopoly. Remember Monopoly? Some of you guys that are younger, you don't know what it is because it's not on video. And... Uh, <laughs> But, but you know, I don't, I don't know if you grew up, I, I grew up playing that game, addicted to that game, I love that game, and, uh, and I, I just remember, you know, so we started playing, and I just got so excited, because I always loved the orange properties right next to free parking, you know, because, you know, it's just like a hundred bucks a, a house, and yeah, hotel, five hundred bucks. Anyways, uh, I, I got the whole board memorized, and, and I, I got those, I got the, the red ones and the yellow ones, so like, it's like half the board, you know, that, that was mine, and I was building hotels on it, and, and, uh, before I even really got going, it was obvious I was going to dominate. She went bankrupt and she lost. And uh, I thought, well, that was dumb. I just put everything back in the box and game's over. Like, and, and, and the truth is, is it, it made me just even again think about our lives on this earth. Like we get so excited, like I think we're going to build this up and then this, this, this. And we get all set up and you know what the truth is? It's going to end. It's, it's going to be over with. It's, it's just a game in some ways. Everything goes right back in the box. We're, we're all done. And there's a new heaven, a new earth. And so what, what you did on this earth, this little empire you built for yourself, so excited to get to retirement or whatever it is to get to this place, realizing you might not get there. You might have to put everything back in the box and, and, and Christ could return before that. And it's like, well, we got to live in light of that. And we need to be thinking about that and be people who are ready for that and excited for that. And so this, what, what we're going to do today is I'm going I'm to let the Word of God speak for itself in preparing you. I'm just going to give some time where I'm just going to put the verses on the screen, just a couple verses at a time. And I just want you to read them. I want you to read them, meditate on them, pray about them, see how the Holy Spirit convicts you through them, because I've been praying that the word of God would convict you today. Um, and so enough said. I'm going to just have uh, someone play an instrument. Who knows how to play an instrument? You, you want to play one? Okay. Um, and, uh, you, you know, these verses are going to be about the return of Christ. And the time when God destroys the heavens and the earth as we know them and, and kind of reforms them, you know, and, and, and changes everything. And, and I don't need to spice up the return of Christ, you know. We should be able to just focus, focus on it and just be in awe.
and consider our lives. So just stare at this, these verses, these two verses. Just meditate on them. Pray as you feel led before the Lord. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. Are you looking forward to this? because these things are going to happen what types of people ought we to be how should we live holy godly lives waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God are you waiting for the return of Christ not just waiting anxiously but it says hastening the word hastening means like you're hurrying it up like it can't get here soon enough you know, you're, you're getting all the junk out of your life. You're, you're ready, you're ready. So God, hurry, hurry, come now because I'm doing real well right now. You know, like come now, Lord Jesus, like you can't come soon enough. That day when everything is over, are you excited about it? The Bible uses the analogy of a bride, like the groom coming to get his bride is that the way you're, you're just, you're like that bride anxiously awaiting like this day can't come soon enough? Because he also uses the analogy of a thief in the night where you go, okay, please don't come yet because I am not ready for this. We'll go to the next two verses and in verses 13 and 14. And um, before you meditate on, let me just throw a couple thoughts on you. No, never mind. You know what? I'm trying to do that again. You guys just... Powerful passage of scripture. Just meditate on it. And let's... let's Don't get into Bible study mode or sermon mode. Think of this as... These are the actual words of God. And show some reverence toward it. As though you just heard God say this. It came out of his mouth. And now listen to it and read it that way and respond to it. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. 2 Peter 3, 13-14 might be the phrase I was most excited about in this whole passage according to his promise we're waiting for a new heavens and a new earth and here's the phrase in which righteousness dwells aren't you looking forward to living in a place where righteousness is the rule 
Do you see our country getting more and more righteous? And isn't it difficult? Isn't it difficult to see the moral decline? I mean, just in my lifetime, I'm thinking, gosh, so much has changed already. And, and it, it feels like we've been on this downward slant, and then lately it's, it's kind of taken a, a fast track. And if I'm perfectly honest, I, I've, I've really struggled with that because I think of my kids. You ever think that way? Like, I hate that they have to grow up in this world. Um, I, I hate that they're even more and more strange if they live righteously. And how, just in my lifetime, the things I used to that I that I that I've stood for for so many years, it was okay to stand for those things a while back. And now it's it's getting less and less and less popular. It's even on the verge of becoming a hate crime. And you go, God. Please come quickly. I just want to live in a place where I'm not the weird one. You know, where it's okay to have commands from God and actually believe that they're life-giving and they're actually good rather than saying that they're archaic or they're, they're keeping us from freedom. But to be in a place where righteousness dwells. And he says, therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. See, when Christ returns, he's going to see a world like many times, you know, that where God would look upon the world and he'd see so much uh, of, of just the stuff that he hates. Yeah, you know, like in Noah's day, when he'd look around and go, gosh, look at the people, look at the way they're living. Like in, you know, when he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, he's like, wow, look at them. But then he'd find that one righteous person. He'd find Lot and go, oh, yeah, but him. Or, oh, but look at Noah. Oh, but have you considered Job? You know, there'd be that person in the midst of all of that. And, and what he's saying, when Christ returns, let us be found as those people. May he look down and go, oh, but there's, there's a woman right there who's without spot or blemish and at peace. She didn't get carried away with the things in the world. She didn't get carried away with all that other junk. She was spotless, without blemish and at peace. Does that describe you right now? Spotless, without spot, without blemish, and at peace. Are you at peace this morning going, okay, yes, I would love for Jesus to return because I've been diligent to pursue these things. We'll go ahead and go to the next two verses. And let you meditate on these now. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16. think for this service God wants us to just look at that first phrase and really focus on that 
count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Do you know why Jesus has not returned yet? According to this verse, and and we studied some of this before, he, he says he's being patient, not wanting any to perish. We may not know all the reasons why Christ hasn't returned yet, but what this verse is saying, what you should think, the only thing you should be thinking about is maybe it's for me. Maybe the whole reason why he hasn't come back yet is for me. Because I haven't turned to him yet. I haven't followed him yet. In fact, I'm so grateful he hasn't returned yet. And the Bible says he's being patient. And when he talks about here, about what Paul wrote, Paul, Paul says that, that I, you've got to consider the kindness and the patience of God. And that should lead you to repentance. I mean, some of you are thrilled that Jesus Christ did not return in 09. You really are. And now what the Bible says is now count that patience of God because believe me, God's looking at the world and looking at all of the things that are so repulsive to him right now and he's being patient, patient, patient and and you should be grateful that there is a 2010 and that there is a today and that today really could be the day of your salvation. That, that it, this could all be about you right now. He says whatever it is, you should count today as an opportunity for salvation. Some of you know, you're so glad he didn't return. Some of you know you weren't ready. But how long are you going to live that way? How are you going to live with that, without that peace of just going, I actually want him to return? Let me just make sure you understand what this this word salvation is all about. You were created by God. You were. You are a created being. You're not an accident or a coincidence or a random product of chance. And I think you know that. It's because God made you. And he says you can look around at this world and know that there's a creator. There's too much order. Don't look at the sin that messed things up and the choices that we've made that mess things up. Look at the creation and know there was a creator. You were made by him. There's a purpose to your life. God created you, and, and even though you've done things that did, where, where you don't, you're not mindful of the Creator a lot, maybe you spent your whole life just kind of pushing Him aside and just going, look, here's what I want to do, here's what I want to experience, here's what I think would be fun, here's what I think would bring me pleasure. He says, you've done those things, and many of those things go, go right against what God asks us to do and how He asks us to live. But the Bible says that that while we were sinners, that Christ died for us. God sent his son to pay for your crimes. God had his son. God, as a righteous judge, had to punish when a crime was committed. Otherwise, he would be unjust. 
But in order to satisfy his justice and his love, what he does is he has his son come down and his son takes the form of a man. That's what we celebrated this Christmas. And, and we celebrated him dying on a cross, paying. At, at that time, he was paying for your crimes. He was paying for my crimes. And he died on that cross, paying the penalty for our sins that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but could actually be saved and actually have eternal life. Because Jesus rose from that grave to show that his words were true, to show that he had power over death. And he says that one day he's going to return. But when he returns, he's not coming as an infant in a manger. He's coming back as almighty God to judge the earth. And the Bible says that he's delayed that. He's been slow about that. He's been patient. And he says, count the patience of our Lord as salvation. You guys, this this week I've just been, um, I've just been sad about a lot of things. Like, I don't know if you've, you know how sometimes you just feel a heaviness because you see the choices that certain people are making and it just breaks your heart. Like I, I had three different friends this week just decide we're, we're done. I'm done with my marriage. I'm done with this whole following God thing. And they, they found people, like it says here, you know, that they're the, the ignorant and unstable can twist the scriptures to their own destruction. They'll go out and they'll find people to agree with them and say, well, you know, can't we interpret it this way? Can't we do this? Can't we do that? And it's like, well, don't you understand you're doing that to your own destruction? You know, you're, you're hurting yourself. This is serious stuff when we talk about God and his return and being ready for that. And, and I know that week after week, some of you guys come in here and there's things in your life that maybe no one else knows about. And it, it keeps you from having this peace and this excitement over the return of Christ. And it's such a terrible way to live. You know, I... I And let me be the first to say, I know what it's like to know the truth and then still walk in sin. And you're just sick to your stomach. Gosh, I remember times in my life when I knew better and I knew the right way. And yet my desires and my sin, it's just like it was starting to lead me this other direction. And I tried to hold on to both things and it was just driving me insane. It's miserable. There's no peace. You know, like David describes and he goes, it's like my bones were wasting away inside of me. That, that hypocrisy, there's no peace. I didn't want Christ to return. I certainly didn't want him to return in the middle of my sin. It would have been awful, but just that that time of lying and pretending. I remember just being humiliated and just laying everything out and even having a lot of my sin exposed. And it was just like, oh, what an awful time to just throw everything out on the table. But how awesome it was afterwards, like, oh, I can finally breathe now. I can finally breathe again and have peace again. And I don't have to walk through life wondering if anyone knows or if anyone's going to find out or whatever. It's just, ah, it's just over. It's just releasing. 
And I just believe that there's some of you in this room today that, that God wants that for you. To just purge all of that and start this year differently and live differently and, and, and feel the peace again and the excitement over the return of Christ. And so as, uh, as Jim leads us in worship, I, here's what I want to do. I, I believe God wants to do supernatural things in our midst this year. Maybe things he's never done before. Uh, I pray for that. I long for that. I expect that. But every revival starts with repentance. It starts with people being honest before God and saying, humbling themselves and saying, God, I am so sorry. Here's what I've done. And I need your spirit to come into me now. To change me. It starts with people having faith, believing that God can change them. So as we meditate on this passage of scripture, I want us to count today as an opportunity for salvation. And I'm going to have the elders come forward. If I can have the elders just kind of go to either side of the room. And uh, just as we meditate, as we sing, or however the Spirit leads... If you just need someone to pray with, to confess some things to, or maybe today, even right now, you're going, you know what? I've never actually made the decision to follow Jesus and to surrender my whole life. I even grew up in church and I heard all of that stuff and I just, I've never really done it myself. But I want to be ready for the return of Christ then come forward during this song and, and pray with someone and maybe even get baptized this morning talk to someone about it but right now I just want this to be a time of repentance So a couple things you can do if you just want to talk to someone and have someone pray over you then walk up to one of the elders and just have them pray over you and talk to you or maybe you would just like to keep your confession between you and God you don't feel like telling someone and airing everything but you do want their prayers then I ask you to just come up here the altar somewhere down here and just just get on your knees and start praying and asking God for forgiveness and for his power and then and then one of the leaders will just come and lay hands on you and pray over you you don't need to say a thing they'll just pray over you but just right now, I'm just going to be up here praying for you and asking the Spirit to lead you to do whatever He's called you to do. I'm going to put the last couple verses on the screen. And we'll close with this, 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Then a beautiful thought. He says, okay, here's where the world's going, but you 
You knowing this before and knowing that Christ is going to return, knowing this is all going to happen, don't you make sure that you don't get carried away with the error of lawless people. Don't get carried away because it's like there's a rushing river. Picture a rushing river and you're standing in it. Okay, And everything is pushing you in one direction. But he says, don't you get carried away with that type of teaching. But, but, but the word of God's like that rock that you're planting your feet on. It's like you, you, you make sure that you don't get carried away. Because other people, they're going to twist the scriptures, tell you, oh, just do whatever you want. Do whatever feels good. Forget about God's law. Just, just go with it. And that pressure is going to be so great. But he says, but you don't get carried away. You stand your ground and grow, actually grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and that, this is a big focus over this month and next. What we're going to be doing is, is kind of is teaching you what you did today. Study the Word of God. Read the Word of God. We have a goal that in the next, next month, month and a half, I want every single person that goes to Cornerstone that knows how to read, I want them to read the Bible. <laughs> Um, and that we all seriously on our own. I mean, we did it today. It wasn't that hard, right? You read a couple of verses, you prayed over it, and God spoke to you through his word. And we're going to start going through books of the Bible together as a family, as a giant church family, and then talking about those passages throughout the week with one another and holding each other accountable. For those who have been reading the Bible your whole life, great opportunity for you to help those who've never read it and to walk alongside of them and go, well, this, here's what I do. Here's what I know. I don't know a ton but here's what i've done so far here's what helps me and for us to work together on that and uh, and so we're going to pursue the scriptures together and even this week i hope that you'll go back to the word of god and read it for yourself but we'll be emphasizing that over and over again and if you don't have a bible we were gonna i, I was thinking i was just buy a bunch i thought no you go buy one um <laughs> seriously i mean this should be something that you care about enough to go make the time and say you know what Christ is going to return. I want to make sure I'm, you know, spotless, blameless, at peace, ready. And, and so I'll go spend five bucks and, and buy a Bible. Um, people ask what version I use. I, I use the ESV, English Standard Version, if you want to follow along. But um, one last thing uh, before we go. I, I don't even know what time it is. Okay, yeah, we got time. Okay, just, just we're going we're gonna to close with one last song. But I want to ask you something. Um, We just sang a song called Savior, You Can Move the Mountains. Um, You're mighty to save. Do you believe that God could save you from anything? Like what if it's a physical ailment? Do you believe God heals? Because the Bible Bible teaches... um, in James 5, it says, is anyone sick? He should call for the elders of the church and have them anoint him with oil and, and pray over them, lay hands on them, and that person can be healed. Um, I believe that passage. I believe God can do anything. I believe that we're supposed to do things that Christ did and even greater things than those because that's what Jesus said. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we had you come up here and pray over the sin in your life because I believe that there's actual power in that. That wasn't just an emotional self-help thing we did. I believe something happened when people laid their hands on you and prayed over you. And so as we sing this last song, maybe some of you just would like the elders to gather around you and lay hands on you and pray over you. 
whether it's, it's for a, a sin or, or even for a physical ailment, that you go, you know what, I really believe God can heal and maybe that's what God wants to do today. And if that's you, then during this, this worship song, feel free to come up and the elders will be up here to pray over you. But the rest of us, let's, let's stand and just make this our, our closing prayer.